Welcome to episode three of the Upper Bowl GM podcast. I am Nick Zararis, and as always, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, working on getting it on the Amazon Prime podcast service. Today, exciting day. We're going off the beaten path with only baseball on tonight. Reached out to someone I haven't seen in a while. Talk about their favorite team. And we're going off into the adventurous world of European soccer and what happens when a genuine titan of the sport loses track of where they are and where the game is trending and how you squander one of the best players in the history of the sports last few years of his prime. What's it back? He wants it back! He lifts it up! And ah! the de Graaf! Goal, Argentina! And with that, I bring in my very good friend, Carl Felter, to talk about his beloved Barcelona. How you doing, Carl? Good, I'm good. Good to be here, Nick. Thank you for having me. Uh, The entire point of this podcast is for people who watch their favorite team, drive them up the wall to feel like other people understand their pain. And that's exactly why... I wanted to have you on with Barcelona because I know how much they mean to you and how much they're driving you crazy lately. It's crazy because people just like look from the outside in and they don't realize how shitty the board is because we have Messi covering up all those holes, you know, but it's been a problem for a while now. So I'm, I'm just going to jump right into it. So explain for people who aren't as familiar with soccer as they are with American sports a little bit about how teams are put together because Soccer doesn't have college system. It doesn't have drafts. It's a little bit different from what we have in America. So by all means, educate us. All right. So um, clubs generally have a, a system. They have lower teams, lower tiers. Like so Barcelona, for example, have a Barca B team. And below that, they'll have like under 19s. And, and players that are good will get promoted throughout the system and make it to the first team eventually if they're good enough. And um, yeah, and there's no really trades in soccer. You just kind of buy people. So like if you find an interesting player that you like, they'll fit your team. You just buy them for a certain price and boom, everything's agreed upon and they're your player. And that's really, that's really how it works. There's no like trades or anything like that. There's no draft. It just, whoever, you buy whoever you want really. So in, in relative terms, in terms of buying power and things like that, how easy is it for teams to buy players they want? It depends on the team, really, because, you know, d- different teams have different pull. Like, if you're a team like Barcelona, Real Madrid, like, those are big teams. Players are going to want to play for those teams, you know? But um, also, it's like how much money you have, how well you're doing in the moment, and how well that player is going to fit in your team if they know they're going to have a starting position or if they're going to have to fight for their position. So it really just depends upon all that. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts. It's like building a team in anything. There are a lot of factors to consider. So Mm -hmm. set the scene for us a little bit with Barcelona, where they are right now and how they ended up getting to this point. So start with where they are right now in the present and then take us back a few years to how they got here. Right now, (laughs) it's things are kind of looking up because the vote of no confidence is going on for the board. So basically the fans are trying to kick out the per- current president 
And um, that's going pretty well. We got enough signatures to get the vote going. And so soon we're going to do like, they're going to be doing an internal vote and hopefully kick out the president. He might resign earlier, but we don't know. Bartomeo, President Joseph Bartomeo is the current president. He has caused many troubles from the club, adopting Sandra Rosell's uh, policies and what he believes in, which is the beginning of all this ridiculousness that has been ruining Barca. So right now, really, yeah, that's, that's about it for right now. It's kind of exciting, to be honest, because I've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> no, I remember I read something in The Athletic the other day because I was up really late. I was editing something and the soccer stories for The Athletic get posted in the middle of the night here because it's morning over in Europe where a lot of the writers are situated. So for timing wise, and I remember seeing something about the Barcelona board vote and the president and saying something like they were expecting maybe 5,000 signatures on the ballot because but on um not the ballot um what's the word i'm looking for petition because yeah. it it is the middle of a pandemic and they figured it would be hard to get people to turn out and they ended up with like twenty thousand signatures that's how passionate people were about getting rid of this president so yeah. it, it it puts into relative terms that you're not alone in this vote it's not just the it's not just you sitting here being like what are they doing it's a pretty collective uh, what in God's name are they doing right now? Yeah, really. And this this isn't the first time they had this vote of no confidence either. It happened like three years earlier than this, but there wasn't enough signatures for it. When so did, it got thrown out. When did uh, this president come into being president? When was he elected? 2017, I want to say. Okay. After Is, Sandra Roselle was put into jail and investigated for the Neymar transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Soccer is so crazy with shit like that. How there's just investigations and like people go to jail and there's just like duffel bags full of hundred dollar bills, and, <laughs> yes. and all it is is just is just teams and agents leaking stuff back and forth through the news to try yeah. and make the other side look bad. It's very good conspiracy. We need a good soccer TV show. In all honesty, I think we should have a good soccer drama show centered around this. Where yeah, for sure. There's just so many moving parts that would make for compelling TV where the agents are trying to make their players look better through the media, or yeah. if they're trying to force their way out like Messi did at one point this summer, where it's just basically, it was just a shit show for two straight weeks. It is. I think an important part about soccer also is that a lot of teams are owned by the fans. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like politics. Yeah, no, it's like how the Packers are in America. Cause in America, that's really the only team where the public owns the team still. And yeah. that's an important factor to consider, especially in that, because like that's a, a sovereign sense of pride. Like this is our team. We want them to do well. This is who exactly. represents us to the rest of the world. And uh -huh. Barcelona not playing well is an indictment upon them. So they take it personally that they're not playing well. Yeah, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when would you say, where were, what was the first decision where you were, very confused about the direction of the team. Take us back a little bit because there were a few specifically in the last like 12 months or so that stick out in my mind. But when were you, did you start to become concerned about Barcelona? I mean, really, like if you're looking back on it, it all started from Sandra Roselle being elected after Laporte, you know, like just little things, little things like, you know, Barcelona used to be sponsored by UNICEF or they had no sponsor. They just had UNICEF on the front of their kit. Mm -hmm. 
then Sandra Roselle came in and took the Qatar oil money, <laughs> put that put Qatar on front of it. Got the got that as a sponsorship. Um, what else? Yeah, immediately after he got elected president, after Laporte, he started bat. He cooked the books and started blaming Laporte for all the finances and shit that were like not at all true. And he tried to like he tried building himself up as like, here I'm your savior. Like I'm going to help you. Trust me. Even though he's doing all these like terrible decisions that aren't for the club, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he just keep keeps going on with stuff like this. He, there used to be you were, used to be able, the Cam New used to let children in for free with their mm-hmm. families, it's like support a family bond to go watch these games. He took that away. Now everybody's got to pay. Um, of course. He had corruption allegations with Brazil friendlies, like in kickbacks. He had a falling out with Johan Cruyff, the ultimate legend of Barcelona, like where they got their style. And publicly, Johan Cruyff came out and said, I will not step foot into the Camp Nou as long as Roselle is the president. Like, so like, there's like signs like these, like you should realize as a socio who has the power to vote this guy out, like, we should be doing something about this already. Like Johan Cruyff, the ultimate legend. But then Guardiola, Guardiola doesn't want to continue being Barcelona coach. This is all after like winning the treble, like winning so many trophies. And like, this was the most successful period in Barca. But after that, like Roselle just really t- took over and started turning into something different. So the management decisions were a problem first. And now talk to me a little bit about the player decisions as far as buying certain players, letting certain players leave, stuff along those lines to when did you start getting worried about the actual team on the field? Okay. Um, like, if I'm going back earlier again with the Roselle, um, they're, like, letting David Villa go for free to Atletico, letting Tiago go, one of, like, the best prospects that were coming out of La Masia at the time. And more recently... Bartomeu buying Arda Turan for 40 million. <laughs> very old. Just, very old player. Yeah. He, and he just, his contract just expired. Went to Besiktas for free or something like that. Mm. He hasn't played in years and years. Gomez for 55 million. He was, bro, I hated him whenever he was at Barca. I hated him. <laughs> Co- <laughs> Coutinho, 140 million which he seems like he's doing pretty decent right now. But at the time, like, it's like Griezmann, Dembele, like these signings, they don't make sense. It seems like Bartomeu is just trying to cover up the cracks by just buying these big players and making it seem like, here, like, here's these big names. I'm good at what I do, you know? Like, there's there's no communication with the managers, as you can see, since we had, like, three in the last (laughs) season. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. So you would say that they're buying players just for the sake of buying players and not really making them fit into what the team was trying to do before that? Yeah, exactly. There's no sporting plan. Like, there's no direction. That's what that's what Messi was, was one of his main points of why he wanted to leave was because there's been, literally been no sporting <laughs> plan. It's, like, it's just like, here, hope, here, here's this really expensive player. Hopefully he works and figure it out. Whoever the manager is, Valverde, Setien, Coleman. I because I remember at the time as a Liverpool supporter being upset that Coutinho was leaving. 
But at the same time, I wondered why Barcelona were doing that because what he was doing for Liverpool just kind of wouldn't fit with what Barcelona do, where exactly. he's just ripping long shots and taking way too many touches for <laughs> Liverpool and being like the only creator on the team. Mm-hmm. And going to another team as fr- from being the focal point of a- attack to going to Barcelona, which already had so many established players, it just didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't. Like, Coutinho was not the player that they needed. He's going to occupy the same space that Messi likes to occupy. And you can see that because Valverde ended up playing him on the left wing, and he's useless. He literally did nothing. Yeah, no. Coutinho, he has gotten better since leaving Barcelona. I think he needed to find the right fit for himself, obviously. Especially in soccer, it's kind of really important for – the player has to fit the system or they will just look like a fish out of water and it won't make sense for them. I think it, 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 even more so than football, American football and soccer, you really have to have a plan for when you're putting a team together because it's not like FIFA. You can't just string together a bunch of passes and drop mm-hmm. guys in. It, it, there needs to be a coherent plan and you need to have guys that can execute the system you want to do. So exactly. as far as players that, they, as far as the last year or so, you really started vocally complaining about Barcelona a lot last year. What last year was it that was really annoying you about the team? Last year? Yeah. Well, Valverde was just, like, I can't, I couldn't believe that they wouldn't fire Valverde. Why should just, they have fired him? Valverde, this, this man. <laughs> <laughs> he was, all right, so... What's Valverde's first, 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 what's Valverde's first name for the people listening who aren't as familiar? Okay. Ernesto Valverde. So, (laughs) in the Champions League specific, he won the league. I'll give it to him that. But Barca were winning the league pretty consistently and Real Madrid weren't doing very well. So, I mean, it's not too much of an accomplishment. What, What fans really wanted was the Champions League. And two years in a row, first against Roma, Barcelona had a lead going into the game. I'm, I can't, I vaguely remember, but it was 3-0, 4-0. I'm trying to, I try to get it out of my mind. <laughs> and of course, the first leg um, in Champions Leagues, there's two legs, you know, and they both count towards the score. There's an aggregate score between the two legs and away goals count more than home goals. So Barca were winning like, 3-0, at least 3-0. It was, I'm pretty sure it was 3-0, the one against Roma. Yeah, I think so, too. At home, they win. They go to Roma, and Roma beat them on aggregate. Which means they, they scored more – which means they scored four goals in a game. They scored four goals at home to usurp the score from the aggregate. Yeah. Yeah. And – that only did not happen once, but against Liverpool also. I remember this one much more clearly, happened more recently, and it was probably more painful because Nick here is a Liverpool fan. Dante is a Liverpool fan. Our friends are Liverpool fans. I had to hear it from them. <laughs> but 4-0 at the Camp Nou, right? The second leg was at, yeah. The team was looking wonderful. Second leg comes. Valverde just... He's like scared. Like he's like he just 
Barcelona do not play defensively. They go out and attack. They score four goals. They want to score more goals. They just keep scoring. There's, that's what it's supposed to be. That's what you imagine when you think of Barca, the Barca philosophy. That's what Pep Guardiola put into them. But no, he puts out a defensive lineup with scared players like Jordi Alba, who at halftime, before they were even losing on aggregate, was crying in the locker room. Like, that's not the <laughs> – like. What kind of mentality is uh, whatever, but he they end up losing the game because of Origi and corner taken early Trent whatever end up losing the game and Valverde is still not fired <laughs> after two terrible upsets in the Champions League. the The board liked him so much because he was their puppet. Really, they just he just did whatever they wanted him to. He had no backbone. Which is weird because Komen's now the coach, Ronald Komen, and he's actually like taking charge. But also, the board, what the board likes to do is appoint these old legends to Barca and put all the blame on them. And then they just end up firing them. And they're like, oh, everything is good now. You know? Generally, so, how long does a manager stay with the club? Generally so, speaking. Oh, I don't know. That's kind of hard to answer. Um, if it's a good manager, like Klopp or Pep, like their Klopp's been at Liverpool for a while now. Um, Barca had Valverde for a couple years, then Setien for like not even a full year. Now it's Komen. But um, yeah, it depends, I guess. Depends how well the manager's doing. Gotcha, gotcha. So transitioning a little more towards a future mindset. Right now, where are they in terms of... Who's in their group in Champions League? Um, Juventus. They just played some random ass team. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what their name was, but and then some other like Ran- some lower some, league, some lower caliber league team. Yeah, mainly so, just Juventus. So in theory, they should get to the uh, the knockout stage of Champions League. Yeah, in theory, yeah. yes. They and where yet. and where are they in the league table? They're pretty low, but I it's mean, early. Yeah, it's early. So. Yeah, they yeah. lost. They lost their last league game, but so did Real Madrid. Yes, I do remember seeing that. Real got smacked today. Yeah, <laughs> they ended up coming back and making a game of it against Shakhtar, but they're they, down three zero. Yeah, that that was ugly. That was really ugly. Yeah. So, was... What would you like to see from Barcelona going forward, in terms it... of stretched either management, a different manager, different players? Um, a different structure, different style of play. What would you like to see from Barcelona going forward? If you could, if I were to put you in charge of fixing them, what do you think are the most important things they have to change? The number one thing I'm doing is kicking out the board. <laughs> Might so, seem on the way. So explain a little bit about the functions of a board, because again, since we talked about it before, it's a different concept because they're a publicly owned team. How does the board get elected and things like that? Yeah, so like the for Barcelona, the the members of the team are called socios, and they get to vote on the president and elect an elected president. And that president pretty much just oversees the club and like all the workings of it. And they have a board of directors, like like basically like a GM, like a sporting director, like all all this type of you know just the basic things that you see in all sports teams, really. Okay. Okay. So. If so, throw out the whole board and you bring in new people. Then, as far as do you like the way Barcelona play now? Do you like their style? 
Uh, honestly, Komen, from what I've seen, a lot better of a job than what Setsian or Valverde was doing. He seems to be like, he's actually playing Coutinho in the correct position. Griezmann still isn't really fitting in, but he seems like he's kind of like, he's realizing that Griezmann doesn't really fit in as much and he's like kind of pushing him in a way, you know? Okay, so as far as how they're playing, can you explain a little bit about the style Barcelona play? Barcelona play in like a, a fluid style or they're supposed to play in a fluid style where it's like they they usually have more possession of the ball because having the ball is in soccer having the ball is the best defense because if you don't have the ball you can't score obviously so that's kind of what Barca intend to do they don't really take they don't make a pass without actually really considering it being an effective pass and getting them closer to scoring a goal you know they don't just take random risks out of nowhere okay. but risks are important in the system as well but. gotcha gotcha because I specific, do you think the players they have fit for what they would want, what they're attempting to do now? I, I know you had said before that Griezmann really hasn't fit since he arrived, but do you think the way they're trying to play makes sense with the talent they have? Um, yeah, it's working better. Uh, they just got Serginho Dest, who'll fit in at right back pretty well. Al, Jordi Alba got hurt recently, so he's had to play left back. But um. I think once everybody's healthy, it should work pretty well for the most part from what I'm seeing. Okay. I, think Griezmann, I really don't think Griezmann could start, though. So I, I, it's weird to me how Griezmann has always been kind of just like a weird person. Yeah. <laughs> just generally speaking, he's always been a little weird. Yeah, like yeah. He, had that, he had that entire Netflix documentary and just yeah, ended I mean, up staying yeah. at Atletico, which made yeah. no sense. And then he left for Barcelona the following Anyways. year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who do you think he is? And he plays the same position and occupies the same space on the field that Messi does. Like, it, like you were, we said before, it, they just bought him because here's this good player. He's very good internationally. He's been good for Atletico for all these years. We want him, blah, 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 throw him in there. And since he's gotten there, he hasn't really fit. And he's, he just looks out of place for what they want to do. Do you, realistically, do you think you can get a decent transfer fee if you were to try and sell him? I, it would we'd definitely be losing money. Like, yeah. there's no way, like, yeah. from his form recently. I mean, when he goes to France, he plays fine. But, like, I, I think it's just a system. I think he likes playing with, like, two – he likes – like, at Atletico, he had a two-striker system, him and Diego Costa. Yeah. In France, he has him and Mbappe, you know? So, yeah. it works like that, but – at Barcelona, like that's not the system. It's typically a four-three-three. So the, explain what a four-three-three is, real quick. So four defenders, three midfielders, and three attackers. Okay, cool. Thank you, thank you. So, as far as what they can do going forward to improve, what areas on their eleven would you like to see them try and make improvements, whether it's through transfers or letting people leave? Uh, um. I think you don't you don't have to give me specific players you want them to go out and get, but what positions yeah. do you think they need help at? Okay, I think they definitely need a striker. A, ge a genuine nine? Out. Yeah, genuine nine. Just got rid of Luis Suarez. A generational talent, but he's gotten he's gotten old. He had to go, to be honest. So I'm kind of happy he left. Um 
but yeah, there's no one to replace him. As I like, Griezmann doesn't play that position. Like he's not a he's not a nine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not an in and out striker. So yeah, definitely need a striker. I'm saying a left back as well because Jordi Alba is getting old. Yeah, he's been there he forever. Competition. Yeah, he's good, but like he needs to like. It's nice to have players like old veteran players that are there that could teach a young player while they're there. You know, you don't want to just get rid of an old player and then bring a new player in and they just have to learn from scratch from no one really. Yeah. So I'd like a young left back. We just got Serginho Dest. Very good player. I'm very hopeful for him. I want him to play on right back. Um, really, that's it. I mean, center backs, actually. One of my, I'm bugging. <laughs> Eric Garcia, hopefully, will be coming in January or in the summer for free or January for a low price from Man City. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really it, actually. I got to say, Barca- last summer, Barcelona did pretty well with their transfers. They got some, they got some outside wingers. That's something that like Messi needs people to run in front of him to like make these crazy passes that he does. Mm-hmm. So having fast like Anzu Fati is like a blessing at 18, 17 years old. He's he's coming in scoring goals left and right, you know? He's yeah. crazy. From La Masia. Yeah. From Barcelona's Academy. That's one of those things that a club like Barcelona that has a ton of resources has an advantage in. They can just throw a ton of money into their academy system. And mm-hmm. consistently get guys who, even if they don't play for them, they can sell and at least get a little money out of. that. Yeah. That's an advantage bigger clubs have. Because Barcelona consistently get, even if they don't end up working out in Barcelona, they can still sell them and make a little money back on them and yeah. throw more money back into the system. Mm-hmm. Dante specifically told me to ask you about the uh, Pjanic transfer. <laughs> he remember he me and him both remember you being particularly upset about transferring for Pjanic. Yeah. It's, why did that transfer make you so upset? It made me upset because Pjanic is 32 years old and <laughs> Arthur Mello, the young Brazilian, he's like 21. He had, he showed so much promise and he also the fact that he like he loved Barcelona. He was like such a big fan of Xavi and Iniesta and like he honestly like showed little aspects of each of them in, in his play like he, he controlled the ball so well and whenever he got forward he was like good at making that finishing pass but like Barcelona sold him <laughs> for, he didn't sell him it was a straight swap like a rare straight swap in soccer Pjanic for Arthur and Barca also got 10 mil mm. I think it was mainly because the 10 mil that Barca wanted because they're in debt right now they have like no money they're they're Earlier this year, they just asked for uh, players to lower their wages because they're struggling financially. And now again, they're calling a meeting to have players lower their wages and players are starting to like go against it. They're saying no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, that's a problem a lot of teams are having, especially in Europe, because the way tra- the payments are set up for soccer players are a little different, where they get paid every single week. And yeah. yeah. The, the rates are only during, they only get paid during the season. They get paid weekly. It's a little different than in American sports. And the fact that they have to do the full season. It's not like here in America where hockey and basketball, they only have to finish up a few games and then jump right into the playoffs and they'll worry about the money going forward. They can't, they, when did the season get put on pause in the spring? Like March-ish, April? Yeah, I'd like and, to say. Yeah. What, 
And then did they finish their season like the Premier League or did they just say no and we'll come back in the fall? Um, they finished it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they finished it in like early August and they had like three, four weeks off. And then they got right back to it. And I imagine not being able to have fans is a big problem for them. Like, it's going to be a problem yeah. for American sports teams if, say, next spring comes around and football, I mean, baseball still can't have fans. That's mm-hmm. going to impact a lot of teams, especially the nature of how soccer teams are run, where they need their gate money. They need the money from tickets because sure. they don't have as lucrative. They do have lucrative TV deals, but that can't be the only money they can have coming in because they have what 80,000 seats 90,000 seats Barcelona I think it's over 100,000 yeah and, and they need that money 100,000 seats at 60 bucks a pop average price it at you need that money to pay your players every week to pay your staff things yeah. like that it, it's complicated yeah Barcelona's capacity is 100,000 can't for me it, could you imagine being around 100,000 people right now? The screen. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd love it. Oh, God. I, I need this to end so bad. I miss doing so. I miss going to games so badly. I know. So, so badly. Yeah. I hate the I hate the stadium. Cra- like, I hate the noises that they pump in. The I hate fake it. crowd noise isn't very good. I hate it. I'd almost rather hear the players just, like, scream at each other. That's pretty entertaining, to be honest. That's one thing I'll give NBC credit of on NBC on their apps. They give you the choice of feed where you can either have the crowd noise one or the natural sound one. The natural sound one is good. Yeah, I like I, like, I like hearing the guys yell. I like hearing the guys clapping at each other. It's mm-hmm. just, it's more intimate. It feels better. Like, yeah. it, the fake crowd noise, the problem is it doesn't sound right. Like, yeah, like it doesn't go with the play. Like yeah. they just go like push a button and it's like, uh. Yeah, like on Monday Night Football the other night, like they had the crowd noise way too loud for just a flag. Like the crowd was <laughs> going nuts for just a pass interference penalty. It didn't make any sense. Like the cow- know that it's fake, so it's just like- yeah. The, the Cowboys are losing by three touchdowns. The crowd would be going crazy for a pass interference penalty right now. <laughs> like I, I appreciate the effort, but we're, we're missing the mark here. Yeah, really. It's not the only reason I'm watching this. Yeah. So <laughs> transitioning to towards the future, because bar, relatively speaking, Barcelona is an older team. Realistically, how do you, first of all, this is the most important question. Do you think Messi actually leaves after this season? Or do you I think that depends on the season, really? Yeah. Like I think we gotta see if he wins trophies. Mm-hmm. And if Bartomeo does get kicked out. I think that that'll be like a real determining factor in him staying. That would make sense. That would certainly make a lot of sense. Because there's players like there's ex players like Xavi who's wanting to coach for Barca that are that want to come in, but they don't want to come in as long as Bartomeu is the president. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of these players aren't gonna Puyol also are like vocally saying they don't want to work for Barcelona as long as Bartomeu is the president. I got you because. In terms of what Barcelona are as a team, if you don't have Messi, you got to start. From, you got to basically start over. Yeah, Messi. Yeah. People really underrate Messi. It's weird to say like he's it's, underrated. But. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. It's one of those things where it's hard to understand. But when you watch them play, because they play through him, it's yeah. so, if you don't have your him, you got to start over because yeah. he is one of the he's so important. He's one of the best players to ever play soccer. One yeah. of the best players to ever play soccer. 
you're losing a generational talent. You have to start over. Mm-hmm. Not even a generational talent. Like, I don't even know what's above. What's above a generational talent? I don't know. Yeah, that's what Messi is. He's messy. A, yeah, he, just messy. He's, 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 he's in his own category. It's, it's hard to understate just how good Lionel Messi has been in his career at Barcelona. And because if he does leave, you effectively have to start over. But if he stays, you can still build a relatively competitive team around him. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so he he's what like, he will adapt to like whatever position. Like he's losing pace, obviously he's getting older, but like he he's adapting. Like he drops deeper, he's becoming more of a facilitator. You know, like not as much goal scoring, which is why Barcelona need these goal scorers, not just Griezmann. I don't know if you watched the last game again. No, I, did you watch the last league game for Barcelona? No, that was Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Griezmann, he put he. Put in Griezmann, wide open, one-on-one. Griezmann skies it over the net. And, like, that moment, I was just like, Griezmann's done. Like, I'm not – I have no more faith in him. <laughs> I need – I want Erlen Holland. Two years. His release clause will be good, 75 mil. That is a bargain for him. <laughs> He's gross. He's so good. He's so gross. Dortmund just keep pumping out players only to get them post by a bigger clause. Dortmund's – like, Dortmund's – Academies, yeah, there's clubs like that too who just like straight up academy almost. Yeah, they just like produce these players and they're like, here, take them. Like, they could be like powerhouses if they kept their teams. Yeah, the mid tier teams in soccer, they can't afford to keep the good players, so they just sell them, let yeah. them go to bigger clubs, take the money, put the money back into the club, and just get more guys in their academy and repeat yeah. the process. And in, a, and in a league like the Bundesliga, you can finish second every year, and that's fine. Yeah, Dortmund, yeah. They make the Champions League every year. Yeah, and they get the champion. They get the money for being in Champions League. They usually make a decent run in the Pokal. Like I think they won the Pokal last year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, that's pretty crazy because Bayern are insane right now. Yeah, just murdered Atletico today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching the Goal Zone channel thing that CBS has on their regular channel, which I they got to go back. They got to get the Champions League back on Fox, man. I'm yeah. so uh, where because Fox has all the channels where they can have three games on at once, mm-hmm. and because the the Turner stuff last year was awful. It was awful. They would yeah. only have one game on, and it'd be impossible to find other ga- the other games. What CBS is doing, putting it behind a paywall, is just bullshit. Yeah, but the it, Premier it, League too. Yeah, yeah, where it's on like pay per view. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> $15 a game. Are you kidding me? Like, Ridiculous, man. I, like, I get it. The teams are hurting for money, but it, 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 you can't keep gouging people, man. Yeah, really. So it's, are the people. So yeah, are the fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're multi-billion dollar corporations. You'll figure it out. The, what are the people who can't work yeah, right really. now supposed to do? Uh, it, oh, God. <laughs> the economics of soccer make me really? so mad. The economics in soccer make me so mad. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. Because the tiers of teams, because there are just the haves and the have-nots, where you look at things like that story that got tweeted out earlier in the week, the European Premier League again. That, yeah. Like, we talked about that jokingly, like walking into school in high school. <laughs> like, they should just put all the good teams in one league, and that, that should be it. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> I don't like it, to be honest. Like thinking no. about it now, I wouldn't want that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, it, you gotta have the all of the. You gotta have those teams spaced out in 
their respective countries' leagues to make the Champions League special. Because yeah. Champions League is a big deal because it's the only time the clubs from different countries play against each other, and it makes things – it's just more – it feels special. Yeah. Like, when Ajax made it so far into the Champions League and everyone was like, this team is crazy. Like, they had such young players and such young talents. Like, that's not going to happen if you just make a Super League. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's nothing exciting like that happening. Yeah. But. So, as we get to the last part of this conversation and we talk about where the team's going forward, what things they can do to change, what they still can do. So, realistically, if Messi stays, how much longer do you think they can be competitive with him? I don't know. I think I think he could be like Modric, really. Modric is still going. He's like he's pretty old now. Modric like, is like 34, 35, yeah. yeah. Got a lot of miles on those legs. A lot of yeah, miles. Really. And Messi doesn't like he doesn't really press, which is fine, honestly. <laughs> he yeah. does everything else like there's more than enough offensively. Yeah, no. So, like, I think I think he could really like he could really keep going. So, I think he'll stop once he thinks that he's not good enough. Like he's not like providing enough for the team though. Gotcha, gotcha. Like and he has to left whenever he thought he wasn't doing good enough. Yeah. Team. Do you think yeah. he would go back and play in Argentina and wind down his career? Do you, oh no, I take it back because he keep they keep leaking that he wants to come to the MLS for a year or two just to kind of cement <laughs> his brand and secure one more check. <laughs> I don't know. I had no idea. Imagine Ronaldo and Messi in the MLS. That'd be <laughs> crazy. That'd be huge for the MLS. They Honestly, I mean, I try with the MLS like once a year. I'm like, I'm going to sit down and watch an MLS match. And just, it's just bad. Yeah. They're, it's just bad. It's like high school. <laughs> it's literally like high school college soccer. Because it's just NCAA age outs. That's yeah. really all the MLS is. It's that. Guys who are like mediocre in the Mexican league. And then old Europe guys. That's really yeah. it. Literally, it's the retirement league for Europe. Yeah. Hey, much. man. All I know is if Messi came to the MLS, they could that NYCFC could play at MetLife Stadium and sell 180,000 tickets every single week. And I'm paying for those yeah, tickets. I, I would love <laughs> yeah. to go. I 100 percent If Me, if Messi is playing for NYCFC and they are playing their home games at MetLife Stadium, I will 100 percent go watch 36 year old Messi. Absolutely. Play, <laughs> play like a flat CM just throwing bombs over the top. Huh? Like I'll, what, wait. I'll, I'll run on the field and be banned from MetLife for the rest of my life. <laughs> Just like, like, remember when Wayne Rooney came to the MLS like two summers ago and went You're to DC beast. and went to DC United and was just good again? Yeah, <laughs> he was so good. Yeah. You remember that one play where he just sprinted back with the yeah. goalie up in the box and he slid tackled the guy and launched across into the box and it was that, and the guy headed it in for the goal game winning goal. <laughs> It's like a 75, 80 yard pass in the air. Yeah. Just like he was like 19 like, years old again. This works. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I these players are class. Class is permanent. That that's one of the things that I think it's hard for people who don't watch soccer to understand is you can still be good at soccer if you're slow. If yeah, you absolutely. see the game a certain way mm -hmm. in your mind and process things, you can just make that work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I, I remember Johan Cruyff in an interview once someone asked him this player ran like 10 kilometers <laughs> like how do you how do, what do you think about that and he was like he must not be very good <laughs> if you have to run that much you're probably you're not very smart <laughs> yeah, yeah about the IQ yeah. that it's kind of like um 
oh, this is the point I was going to make. Kind of like how Joe, Joe Thornton is now, where Joe Thornton is an old man. Joe yeah. Thornton is like 43 years old. <laughs> and he still managed to put up 35 points on a terrible Sharks team last year. And he's going to be on the Leafs this year at 44 years old. And he's still going to be able to see the ice the same way. He don't move as fast, but you don't lose your vision and your playmaking. Yeah. That's just something, experience. Yeah, man. It's one of those things where if you have good spatial awareness and positioning, you don't have to be as fast. You can mm-hmm. make things happen. And I think that's what ultimately we've seen that from Messi over time. He's changed positions where he went from playing that false nine to moving out to the wing. And then at, at Argentina, he just kind of floats around and does what, whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. He's literally everything at Argentina. Messi, please just make this work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, this is the last thing we're going to talk about here is how hopeful are you for Barcelona going forward? I know a lot of your answer is going to be contingent upon what happens with the vote with the president and the board, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, how confident are you in the club just as a fan? Uh, like you said, it is like a lot of it depends on the board, but I don't know. There's a part of me that's kind of scared that Barca could become the next AC Milan or something like that. So explain a little bit about that, because again, that's not like that's not like dropping a haha Cowboys reference. Yeah, um, AC Milan used to be a absolute powerhouse in Europe, Italy in general, really, and then just like years went by and they just dropped off. Now they're just a mid-table team in this Serie A, really. I don't want that to happen to Barcelona and La Liga. But I don't, I honestly, it's Barcelona. Like, I, I really can't see that happening. Like, but there's a part of me that's scared of it. So I think they'll make it back. They're not going to be winning trebles anytime soon, but. There are cycles in everything. There are cycles. Yeah. It's one of those things where, yes, they're going to eventually have to move on from Messi because he's going to retire because, you know, He's eventually, even if he's 44 years old playing holding midfield, eventually he's going to have to retire someday. Yeah, and I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's going to that's gonna be rough. But replacing someone like that is going to be a daunting task. And I, There's no of, such thing. You can't yeah, replace somebody. Exactly, exactly. It's such a daunting task to think about moving forward. I mean, we you see what we do. the entire team. Exactly. You ba- you basically have to start over when you lose a talent of that caliber. I mean, it's a little different what Madrid did because Ronaldo wasn't on the same level and they haven't been as good without Ronaldo. But I don't know. Are there any ex- – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, he's just – like Ronaldo's an amazing player. He's just like he, he just doesn't – he didn't do as much. Like he didn't do as much. Like he wasn't as – important to the team like as a whole you know mm-hmm. yeah he didn't create also he was just a goal scoring monster yeah because chris on the last episode chris schweitzer and i talked about different ideas of how to build a team going forward in football in regards to the giants what teams do you like the way they build their clubs oh, around absolutely. The, around I think, soccer i think the best right now is liverpool and Bayern. I fucking love the way Liverpool's run. They put full trust in Klopp. They know what he like. He knows what the team needs, and they trust him to go out and just buy those players. Like Van Dyke was such an essential signing. They knew they needed midfield players. They got Thiago recently. He's such a good player. I love Thiago. Um, 
yeah and Bayern are just constantly looking for the next talent like they're they're on it you know <laughs> they yeah. got everybody yeah Bayern just kind of corners the market in the yeah. German league of players coming up in that league basically they they basically do what the Yankees did for the early 2000s where this is a young up-and-coming guy all right boatload of money we want him we're bringing him in and we're yeah. gonna build we're gonna mold him into what we do Liverpool mm-hmm. a little different because most of their team they've bought they haven't like they've bought pretty established players already they weren't mm-hmm. old when they bought them but they mm-hmm. were established already so it's it's one of those things where it's interesting to look at in soccer because there are just so many different ways to put together a team because the economics are different where it's you can just get by on buying other teams players if you know where to look and what you need yeah so i mean barcelona of their team right now they've still got messi who's homegrown who else is academy pk sergio busquets sergi roberto Anzu Fati. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that, that, That's pretty good. Relatively speaking, having five, six guys who can be in your rotation who are from your youth academy, it's pretty good. Like, because those guys... But most of those guys are also real old. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Three of them, at least. Three of them are over 30. Yeah. They're going to be gone. What makes soccer compelling to me, honestly, is I just love looking at the different ways you can make a team and how you can be competitive. I mean, yeah, really. you, you look there's at what's so certain, many players. Because like, so every single country in Europe has its own league. And in each league, there's like four or five tiers of players. So you yeah. can, there's constantly guys who are young, up and coming, or guys who are in the wrong situation you can buy and put into a better situation and play better. I mean, you look what Liverpool did with Mane from Southampton, with mm-hmm. Firmino from Hoff- Firmino <laughs> from Hoffenheim, and Salah from Roma, and you just put them in the right situation, they can explode. It's one of those things mm-hmm. where Barcelona don't have to be a hundred percent right all of the time in who they bring in. It's just a matter of eventually you have to find guys that fit, and I yeah. think that's where we can wrap up this conversation. Is they haven't really gotten anyone from other teams that fit. And I think that's where the last year and a half or so of problems have come from. So as you, you said before, you're, you're relatively confident they're in stable shape going forward because people were, people realized there was a problem enough that in the middle of a pandemic, 20,000 people showed up to sign petitions. That's how bad these people are doing. So what are your expectations for the rest of this season? Be in the mix for champions league, get to like the final eight. Yeah. yeah. Final eight. I'm not expecting much. I'm not expecting them to win it. Yeah. Because, like, they still got problems. And Bayern is Bayern. They're like, well, they honestly might go back to back. Bayern looks very good so far. It's early, but Bayern looks very good so far. Yeah. They didn't do anything. They didn't digress. (laughs) They didn't get worse. So, yeah. (laughs) And no one really got better except for little improvements here and there. Yeah. it's one of those things because that's what makes Champions League unique is these teams play their league games and their cup games. And then once every other month, we play another team from another country. And it's just a little, little different. The stakes are a little higher. It's a little more competitive. You're playing the best teams from other countries. Mm-hmm. Makes different play styles. Yeah, that's the other thing because every country has a slightly different style of play from another. And yeah. that's why soccer is so cool. Like, 
Yeah, I wish more people in America liked it. It's <laughs> we're getting there. We are slowly but surely getting there. The ease yeah. of access of information, the ease of access just to watch games. We are slowly but surely getting there. And yeah. the last point is video game helps. FIFA being fun yeah. and yes. making it accessible for everyone, it, it helps a lot. And it does. You learn know, players, you learn teams. Yeah. I, know, I know it helped both of us a lot who went because we both started getting into soccer around the same time. You got in a little before I did, but FIFA helped immensely getting into it. Because mm-hmm. there's just so much to do. Really? Like right. I got into basketball because I played 2K. Yeah. <laughs> like, a video accessibility helps. Soccer really. is getting better in America. I mean, granted, I think it was dumb that they tried to stage an El Clasico during the season in America, but yeah. I get what they were going for. They're trying. Yeah. They're yeah. throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> they got Pulisic coming up. They got Serginho Dest. Yeah. They got Conrad, both on Barca. Yeah. I don't know who else, but. <laughs> it's, signs are looking up for America. There's hope. Yeah. So, Carl, tell yeah. the people a little bit about your professional endeavors and where they can find your in- professional endeavors. Oh, heard it. Um, so, I'm an audio engineer, mixing engineer. I help, I produced the music on Nick's podcast. And if you need some production or mixing needs, go to my Instagram, Carl Felter. Or spelt with a K, K A R L F E L T E R, or email me, Carl B. Felter at gmail.com. Thanks for the plug, Nick. I appreciate that. <laughs> we all out here striving. We're trying. We're Definitely. all trying. Yeah, trying to make our way. <laughs> exactly. All right, Carl. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I enjoy ranting about Barcelona. <laughs> That's the entire point of this podcast, my friend. Yeah. See you next time, guys.